And to tell you the truth, I mean, the media has been manufacturing consent basically for weeks as far as Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren. But what I have seen in the last 72 hours makes me think the media has officially jumped on the Elizabeth Warren bandwagon. They're, st- they're hedging their bets a little bit. They're still, they're not totally throwing in the towel for Joe Biden, but pretty close, pretty close uh, as far as totally putting all their chips um, behind Elizabeth Warren. And I want to kind of juxtapose the clip we are seeing with the, the clips I'm going to show you with Elizabeth Warren, the clips I'm going to show you with Joe Biden, with the General Motors and the United Auto Workers strikers finally fighting back uh, where Donald Trump, his administration, is set to intervene. Obviously, they're set to intervene. They're, they're, they're saying they're going to jump on the side of the United Auto Workers who are now striking against General Motors. It's one of the first strikes of auto workers in, I think, over a decade. If you remember, if you're an OG status quoer, status quo is on the ground a couple months ago when General Motors laid off 15,000 people. There was no other national media on the ground when General Motors laid off 15,000 people. We were, and we interviewed auto workers, GM workers, uh, Fiat, Chrysler workers. We were on the ground interviewing people thanks to you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind you of some of the interviews we did. But what I want to show is that the GM strikes, like the teacher strikes, like a lot of the strikes we're seeing, Verizon, Nissan workers, is showing you that the working class of this country is awoken. The bear that has been asleep is no longer asleep. And the way to beat Donald Trump, who doesn't give a damn about General Motors workers, is not with this, what I'm about to show you. Be clear, Joe. In the United States of America, we are spending twice as much per capita on healthcare as the Canadians or any other major country on earth. This America. To me, that was one of the most unbelievable moments of the debate. I know that Joe Biden defenders and the establishment will spin it. I know that they're going to say, oh, he was just saying, we're not like other countries. We're not like other countries. What Joe Biden was truly saying, what he was truly saying was, this is America. We're about corporate profits. We're about corporate profits. You shouldn't compare America to Canada and other countries that actually have governments that represent people because this is America and we don't work that way. And you want to know how I know he meant it? Because did you see the smirk on his face when he said, this is America? (sighs) Like, oh, Bernie, you communist, this is America. This is America. So what's unbelievable to me that barely got any mention that, Bur- that Joe Biden right there essentially just openly said, this is America. We're not like other sane countries. We're corrupt. And nobody, nobody seemed to notice or care that he just acknowledged the corruption rampant, totally rampant. Let's go back to Elizabeth Warren, who was questioned because she's been pretty wish-washy on Medicare for All. She was questioned by uh, the ABC anchor. Let's see what she has to, had to say. 
about his health care plan that Senator says that Senator Sanders has been candid about the fact that middle class taxes are going to go up and most of private insurance is going to be eliminated. Will you make that same admission? So let's be clear about health care and let's actually start where Vice President did. We all owe a huge debt to President Obama who fundamentally transformed healthcare in America and committed this country to healthcare for every human being. And now the question is, how best can we improve on it? And I believe the best way we can do that is we make sure that everybody gets covered by healthcare at the lowest possible cost. How do we pay for it? We pay for it. Those at the very top, the richest individuals and the biggest corporations are going to pay more. And middle class families are going to pay less. That's how this is going to work. Direct question. You said middle class families are going to pay less, but will middle class taxes go up to pay for the program? I know you believe that the deductibles and the premiums will go down. Will middle class taxes go up? Will private insurance be eliminated? Look, what families have to deal with is cost, total cost. That's what they have to deal with. And understand, families are paying for their health care today. Families pay every time an insurance company says, sorry, you can't see that specialist. Every time an insurance company says, sorry, that doctor is out of network. Sorry, we are not covering that prescription. Families are paying every time they don't get a prescription filled because they can't pay for it. They don't have a lump checked out because they can't afford the copay. What we're talking about here is what's going to happen in families' pockets, what's going to happen in their budgets. And the answer is on Medicare for All. Costs are going to go up for wealthier individuals and costs are going to go up for giant corporations. But for hard-working families across this country, costs are going to go down and that's how it should work. Why I played that is Elizabeth Warren right now is kind of pulling back, you know, she's kind of, um, she's kind of reviving a little Obama 2007-2008. It all sounds wonderful. It all sounds terrific, but it's vague enough to give her wiggle room after the fact if elected president. Why that answer, why that answer is just disingenuous is the fact that middle, first of all, there is no such thing as the middle class, and I hate that it keeps being talked about. There is no middle class anymore. There's a working class, and there's a controlled demolition of the working class. But putting that aside, when Elizabeth Warren says what's going to pay for Medicare for all is Wall Street taxes and wealthy people, that's just not true. Bernie is being honest by saying, yes, like in every other country that has a single payer Medicare system, your taxes will be increased a little bit, but overall your income will go down. But Elizabeth Warren doesn't want to admit that on Medicare for all, your taxes would go up because she's trying to be everything to everybody and she's trying to make everything sound so great. I have a plan, I have a plan, I have a plan. But the consultants around her, and frankly, she's getting a lot of money from the usual suspects. And she's, the, the Clinton people are starting more and more to move away from Kamala Harris and go to Elizabeth Warren. So her answer, it's not as bad as Joe Biden, don't get me wrong, but that you're, Overall, costs will go down, yes, but to wiggle, wiggle out of the answer that your taxes will go up, 
to pay for the Medicare for All system. But overall, the tax increases that you will see will be less, significantly less, than the cost savings you have. So in one breath, she's saying overall costs will go down, but she doesn't want voters to know that under Medicare for All, yes, you would pay a little bit more in taxes. You want to know why? I don't think she's putting that out there because I don't think she actually believes in Medicare for All down to her bones. You know, she said, I'm a capitalist to my bones. I don't think she actually believes in Medicare for All. And I don't really think Medicare for All, if she becomes the nominee or if she became president, is something she's, as a priority, going to fight for the way Bernie Sanders would. If it was, she would be open about the fact, yeah, yes, Wall Street, uh, to, to fund Medicare for All, there will be increases in taxes on Wall Street speculation. Corporate Corporations will pay more, but that's part of it. The system we are going to pay into by having our taxes go up slightly, however, however, overall, the savings we will see means overall costs will go down. She won't acknowledge that. And if you won't be honest, you're basically trying to let to tell voters what they want to hear. You're basically trying to make it seem like you're going to get this great thing to the voter, but you're not going to have to pay anything more. Well, you will have to pay something more, but that something more you pay in taxes, like I said, will be far less than the savings of no copays, no deductibles, no car insurance, no hidden costs. But that wasn't the only time she dodged that answer. That wasn't the only time she dodged that. Let's hear what she said in an interview with CNN. And, and honestly, if this was Bernie Sanders, they would murder Bernie Sanders if he was this slippery. But Elizabeth Warren, who I have a plan for everything but is dodging on this, gets away with it. Here we go. Could you do what you want to do with all your plans and not have a tax on the middle class? Sure. Really? Yeah. I mean, look, I've got a housing, I've got a housing bill that will build 1.2 million new housing units, fully paid for. Um, no I've tax got, on the middle uh, class for any of Corporate investment, a green, nope, nope. And I just came out with social security plan today. $200 increase across the board for everyone who gets Social Security and everybody who gets disability payments. It will literally lift millions of people out of poverty. And you know who's going to pay for it? The top 2%. This is about our country. We need to get some balance back in this. You know, let me just make one small pitch. We know from the data that the 99% last year paid about 7.2% of their total wealth in taxes. The top 1%, they paid about 3.2%. If we call on them to pay a little more and then take that money and invest it in the rest of America, we can make this economy work for everyone. Not just some, but for everyone. And we can make this democracy work for everyone. There's no other way for me to say that. And I'm not trying to be unfair to Elizabeth Warren. Listen. The, the facts are the facts. She had a massive, massive crowd in Washington Square Park last night. I'm not taking that away from her. She does. She is getting fairly big crowds. I don't know if it was 20,000 people. I, I wasn't there because I'm working on this investigative story. But she is doing well. She had a big crowd in Minnesota. She had a big crowd in Seattle. So she does have, uh, she does have people behind her. She does have... Um, momentum, and she's competitive in the polls. 
they've tried to make it seem like she's taking the lead over Bernie Sanders, that's just not backed up in the majority of polls. But when she's sitting in an interview with Chris Cuomo, when the anchor is saying, uh, you're going to be able to do all of this and no taxes aren't going to go up at all. Nope. Well, that's just bullshit. Excuse my French, demonetized. That's just not true. Taxes would go up, but taxes would go up, like I said, at a rate that would be far less than the savings you would have from the Medicare for All. So Elizabeth Warren is trying to, like Kamala Harris originally, she's trying to have her cake and eat it too. She's trying to seem very progressive, sign on to the policies Bernie Sanders uh, has spearheaded. I, I'm not I, I'm not saying she's lying like Joe Biden is lying or Kamala Harris is lying. I don't think it's to that degree. But what I do think is she's trying to be everything to everybody and she's not being completely intellectually honest. So if you want to call that a lie, fine. When you when you're saying taxes won't go up, but you're still going to get Medicare for all. That's a lie. It's a lie. Now, your taxes will go up. But yes, you're, you're going to save overall more more because the tax increases will be far less than the cost savings. So you'll, you'll save more money from getting rid of private insurance than the taxes that the tax increases you will see. But she's not making that argument. She's not making an honest argument. What she's doing is trying to make you think she's for capital M Medicare for all Bernie's plan, even though, by the way, on her w- website, on her website, you know, this, I have a plan for everything. That's what the media has made her to be. She's so specific. She's got great proposals, all this. Her, her health care section does not say a word about ending private insurance. Well, you're saying your, your Medicare for all plan, you won't see middle class taxes will not go up. And on your website, which has all your plans, you don't have ending private insurance, which you're going to have to, if not end, essentially completely neutralize and far significantly diminish private insurance to have Medicare for all work. You cannot be saying in front of 20,000 people in Washington Square Park in New York City, which she had 20,000 people, according to her campaign. There was there was a lot of people there. I don't know if it was 20,000, but a lot of people. How are you sitting there talking about corruption this, going after corruption? The root of all evils is American corruption. But, I mean, I've reported on this. She's going around the country having hot tea with the establishment. She's having meetings with leaders of the corporate Democratic establishment that is totally rampant in that corruption. She's saying that she's going to fight. Bernie Sanders is not. Now, some of you might say, and frankly, God bless her. She might be watching. I love you. Uh, My girlfriend might be watching who, God bless her. She's a Warren supporter. Also likes Bernie, but she's a Warren supporter. We, we, We have wonderful, loving fights about it all the time. And Bottom line, some people like her might say, well, God, God forbid she's being a politician and trying to get endorsements. Well, if you're sitting here ranting about corruption and you're saying the money is the problem, yet you're going around the country playing footsie with the very people embedded in that corrupt system, how are we to take you seriously? If during an interview with the Young Turks, my old stomping grounds, uh, you're asked about will you take the corporate money? And you're sitting here saying, I'm, uh, 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 during the primary, absolutely not. Money is awful. But during the general election, well, we can't unilaterally disarm. 
how are you to be trusted? How are you to be trusted? Because if you're making general, if, if you're already, if you're already making those little deals with yourself, those little rationalizations that, yeah, you know, I'm a get, I'll deal with the corruption later. I'll deal with the money in politics later, but I got to win. So during the general election, yeah, I'll take the money, even though by the fact, forget whether it's ethical or moral or not to take that money. It's not necessary. If you're with a Democratic nominee, you're going to have a, and actually stick to your progressive roots, you're going to have a flood of money come in trying to support you. Elizabeth Warren has made a different calculation, a far, far different calculation. And I think it's a cynical one because you can't have it both ways. You're either against the money in politics. You're either against legalized bribery. You're either against having big dollar donors and corporations and super PACs basically decide policy and decide what will happen in America and decide what will not happen in America, or you're not. And I also felt, which I don't know any, I don't know if TYT has pointed this out. I don't know if any independent outlet has pointed out. Chris Cuomo certainly didn't challenge her. Take a look at this. Can capture the imagination of the left, but also the enthusiasm of the moderates. Do you think you move that way tonight? So, you know, that's really what this campaign has been all about, about reaching out and rebuilding our democracy. When I made the decision that I was not going to spend a big hunk of my time with bazillionaires and with uh, corporate executives, it really freed up the time to go out and meet with people all around the country. I've now been to 27 states in Puerto Rico. I've done 130 town halls. I've taken literally thousands of unfiltered questions and in the key measure of democracy, I've done more than 50,000 selfies with people. But it's been a chance to be able to talk with people about the things that touch their hearts. I think the old ways of thinking about this, you know, there's this left and this right and this center. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And again, I just want to put the disclaimer so people don't think I've gone off the deep end. I don't think she's as bad as Joe Biden. I don't think she's as bad as Pete Buttigieg. I don't think she's as bad as um, Kamala Harris. When you say, that's why I haven't done the fundraisers, that's why I haven't taken the money from the big donors, blah, blah, blah. That's just not true. And of course, Chris Cuomo wasn't going to call her on it because what does he care? He doesn't care about corruption in Washington. He doesn't care about money in politics. If you, if you want to be nice and not say she's lying, she's being disingenuous. When she tells Chris Cuomo, oh no, that's why I haven't taken big money. That's why I haven't done big fundraisers. I haven't spent a second. Yeah, because you did all that before you ran. Uh, the New York Times reported, I think it was two weeks ago, running for Senate, her, or 2018 Senate re-election campaign, which obviously she had no intention of staying a senator. She ran for re-election and then announced her run for president right after she was re-elected, a month after. Throughout that year, she did high-dollar fundraisers. The New York Times reported about one fundraiser at a steakhouse for $120 a steak. And she transferred $10 million from that Senate re-election campaign, raised predominantly from high-dollar donors doing fundraisers in Martha's Vineyard, Silicon Valley, New York City. She transferred that money to her presidential campaign. That's how she, st that's how she had the money to start off with her presidential campaign to hire more people than even Bernie in Iowa. 
she staffed up more than anyone else in Iowa because she had that, what I consider, politically dirty money from her Senate reelection. But she's going on CNN painting herself as she's doing things the right way. She's not taking money. She's trying to make it seem like she's the same as Bernie Sanders when she's not. It's the same thing she's doing when she, an- when she answers a question. I was surprised George Stephanopoulos even asked. It, it, it's the same thing she's doing when she says middle class families, their taxes won't go up under my Medicare for all plan. Well, what is your Medicare for all plan? Because you say I'm with Bernie, but then you say taxes won't go up at all. Well, Bernie's being honest. Yes, taxes would go up under Medicare for all, but your taxes, your tax increase will be far less and you will you're taxing the, the savings you will save from that Medicare, from private insurance going away, no copays, no deductibles, no coinsurance, no hidden bills, the savings will be far more than the tax increase, meaning overall you'll get a cut. But she doesn't answer that way because to me, I don't think she's being genuine and I don't think she's gonna fight for Medicare for all. I really, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't. So listen, bottom line, we have to be honest, she does have enthusiasm. She had, I don't know if it was actually 20,000, but she had a hell of a lot of people out there in Washington Square Park. I remember covering, covering Bernie Sanders in 2016 in Washington Square Park. They, had, they said 28,000 people in that crowd with all the people that were outside the park, overall 40,000 people. She didn't have that much, but she still had 20,000 or close to that. Uh, you know, campaigns tend to fudge these numbers a little bit, and it's hard to confirm it because I'm not there counting the amount of people. But I find it troubling that to win the nomination, Elizabeth Warren's strategy is very much what Pres- Barack Obama's strategy was in 2007 and 2008. I am going to part the seas, heal the world. The, you know, uh, the media is painting it that she's got all the plans, she's got all the plans. Well, She's got a plan for everything, but on Medicare for all, she's lying. She's not telling the truth. And she's not telling the truth because she doesn't want it to be known that your taxes will go up a little. I'm sorry. That is not being honest. That is not being honest. Plain and simple. To, put, to wrap this in a bow, there is a ma- major manufacturing of consent for Elizabeth Warren going on. In fairness, Bernie Sanders cannot come out and attack Elizabeth Warren right now because it would harm him. There's no reason for Bernie Sanders to attack Elizabeth Warren. Frankly, I think he should have gone after Biden more in that third debate, just like I think he should have been more aggressive in all of the the debates. Bernie has a debate problem. He doesn't want to come to a knife fight holding a knife. And for that, I don't, you know, some of you might think that's fine. I think he is allowing other candidates to shine. And by not being aggressive, he is not getting the facts out there aggressively enough to move Biden down a notch. The working class need to know Biden is not middle class Joe. He's not union Joe. I don't think Bernie made the case. Frankly, it looked like he was sick. So benefit of the doubt, it looked like his throat was gone and he wasn't feeling so great. But we'll see. We'll see. The, the next thing that I want to talk about, Bernie Sanders, you have in California primary, Biden, 26. Sanders, 26. Warren, 20. You have Bernie tied. Tied in California. You have in New York, 
which I've been reporting on the New York primary quite a bit. Bernie. Biden's at 22. Warren's at 17. Bernie's at 15. Bernie's within striking distance in New York, which to me, if you look at it, New York has the third largest amount of delegates up for grabs, 224 delegates. So New York is a very important state. Bernie is, he's down, but he's not totally out. No wonder, no wonder Governor Andrew Cuomo has not signed a bill. The bill was passed in June that would move the totally suppressive, undemocratic early registration deadline. If you are not a Democrat in New York, you have to October 11th to register as a Democrat or you cannot vote in the April 2020 primary. Both houses of, in New York, the Assembly and the State Senate, passed the bill, moving that back to 20, excuse me, to February 2020. But Andrew Cuomo has not signed that bill. Why would that be? Could it be that Bernie Sanders is within seven points in New York, which has the third amount, third highest amount of delegates up for grabs? Could it be that Andrew Cuomo has opened up his entire fundraising network to Joe Biden? Could it be that Andrew Cuomo and Joe Biden has been BFFs for years? Because if Andrew Cuomo doesn't sign this bill, then by, by, nat by the very nature, and there's the number if you want to call Andrew Cuomo and give him a piece of your mind, why aren't you signing this bill that was passed? Status quo is the only one covering this. This is total, total rigging the electoral system. This isn't, uh, this isn't just, oh, people say you should move the deadline back. This is both houses of the New York Senate, excuse me, the New York, the Assembly and the State Senate passed a bill to move it back to February to give more time for independence, Green Party, Working Families Party, Working Families Party, which we're gonna get to in a minute, uh, even Republicans to switch and register as a Democrat. So I would think if Bernie Sanders is only down by seven points, six months before the New York primary, wouldn't we want to make it more difficult for more people to register to close that gap? We don't want more independents able to vote to register and then vote for Bernie Sanders. In fairness, maybe some of them would vote for Warren, too. But we don't want that. We don't want working family party, working uh, families party, people registering as a Democrat to vote for Sanders. We don't want Republicans who Bernie does well with in a lot of polls, to register as a Democrat to vote for Bernie Sanders. So we're just going to rig it for Joe Biden. And this is going out out in the open. Corporate media isn't covering it. Independent media isn't covering it. This is how primaries are rigged. It's not just on the day where they, you know, suddenly are run out of ballots or, you know, purge uh, 200,000 voters in Brooklyn. It's before the primary. So if I were you, I'm just a journalist. I'm just providing you the information. I think Andrew Cuomo should have to feel a little pressure why he's not signing that bill. But the reason I'm showing you all these polls, listen, Bernie is close in Iowa. Some polls have him in a tie or in second place in Iowa. Bernie is close in New Hampshire. Bernie is tied or winning in some polls in Nevada. He's not doing well in South Carolina. No one is other than Biden. And then you have, he's doing well in California. So you have 
Bernie's doing well in Iowa, New Hampshire, Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, California, four, and then New York. That is three out of the four out of the first five contests, Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, California. He's doing well in four out of the five. And then in New York, he's only down by seven, which is really not not bad. Seven, uh, six months before the primary, he was polling way, way further behind Hillary Clinton this far out in 2015. In 2015, polls for the New York primary, Hillary Clinton was murdering Bernie Sanders. In this, only down seven points. And this is why you are seeing the complete manufacturing of consent for Elizabeth Warren, where the corporate media, you think the corporate media was making sweet, sweet love to, Joe, to uh, Hillary, excuse me, Donald Trump in 2016 with free airtime after free airtime, two, two to three billion dollars worth of free airtime. Elizabeth Warren has gotten the most free airtime than anyone else in this campaign. Adoring, showering love. I've talked about why Warren is being dishonest. I've talked about how Biden is a train wreck. I want to talk a little bit about the Working Families Party endorsement. You know, the Working Families Party, which, to tell you the truth, not a major thing in American politics. Uh, they've done some good things, but overall, you know, the Working, the working Families Party is not going to make or break any presidential campaign. But the Working Families Party endorsed Elizabeth Warren, and the corporate media would never, ever cover the Working Families Party endorsement if they would have endorsed Bernie Sanders. It would have been an afterthought. But since the Working Families Party endorsed Elizabeth Warren wall to wall, and I think the chairman or some high up was on with Chris Cuomo uh, last night, I found that very interesting uh, because, you know, the Working Families Party, let's, let's see what he said. And we're going to get into how the endorsement came and that 50%, first 50%. But the Working Families Party person said, we need a mass movement to make her plans a reality. And we're going to be part of that work. Uh, WFP director Maurice Mitchell said, you don't defeat the moderate wing of the Democrats through pieces of pithy tweets. You defeat their politics through organizing. That was extremely interesting to me that the Working Families Party uh, director uh, said, you don't defeat the moderate wing of the Democratic Party through pithy tweets. I guess, in a way, that was, I don't know if that was a knock against Bernie Sanders. It's, it's hard to tell. But you don't defeat the moderate wing. So the Working Families Party seems to think we need to defeat the moderate wing of the, working, uh, of the Democratic Party to then defeat Donald Trump. So they endorsed Elizabeth Warren. The same person who's been going around the country having hot tea and playing footsie with, say it with me, folks, the moderate wing of the Democratic Party. I, I, I talked about that, talked about this in the prior story. It's already been reported that Elizabeth Warren has been going around and basically courting the Democratic Party establishment. The same moderates that the Working Families Party director said, quote, we need a mass movement to make our plans a reality, and we're going to be part of that work. You don't defeat the moderate wing of Democrats through thought pieces or pithy tweets. You defeat their politics through organizing. Well, 
her organizing has been going around the country and organizing hot tea with the very moderates that the Working Families Party just said we need to defeat. So that doesn't make much sense to me. And, I'm all, and everything that I'm saying is all going to get to a point because I think there's something more behind the Working Family Party endorsement of Elizabeth Warren. He also said something pretty interesting on, uh, with Chris Cuomo last night. Let's take a look. So why Warren and not Sanders? So let me just, so why Warren and not Sanders? So let me just first say that it's 2019 and we have two structural change, big, bold, progressive candidates that um, have built huge grassroots followings in the democratic process. But you picked one. Why? Right. And so our grassroots members and our volunteers and our state committee, we engaged in a very long process and we came out. And I'm so proud of the process and so proud that we chose Elizabeth Warren. And let me tell you why. So, I mean, if you look at her, you know, they joke about she has a plan for it, right? But if you look at it and, and you take a step back, so Green New Deal, so we could save the planet. Um, a historically big picture uh, housing uh, policy, um, you know, uh, Medicare for all, to take the insurance companies between you and your doctor, right? So uh, healthcare could be a right and not a commodity that's, that's traded. Right, he does the same thing right. as that he wrote the damn bill. That's, that's absolutely right. For once, I got to give credit to CNN. Chris Cuomo just put out what I think we were all thinking, uh, everything you're talking about, it sounds like you're endorsing Bernie Sanders because they're all his policies. They're all Bernie Sanders policies. Now, in fairness, the Green New Deal, originally, they don't get much credit, was the Green Party and Jill Stein. But Bernie Sanders is who has championed Medicare for all when it was thought to be you know, a communist idea. Back in the 80s and the 90s, he's been talking about a single-payer system. Bernie Sanders has the most aggressive climate change policy. Bernie Sanders' version of the Green New Deal is $16 trillion. Elizabeth Warren's, I think, is $2 trillion. Elizabeth Warren has a, I think they talked about an affordable housing plan. Bernie Sanders has a housing plan. So to me, something doesn't smell right here. And by the way, I'm not one of these, like, you know, jerk-off people that, like, if somebody I agree with endorses somebody else, I'm going to be like, they're terrible. I'm not like knocking the working families party in totality, but something doesn't smell right because everything that they're listing, Bernie Sanders runs laps around Elizabeth Warren and has been the OG originator. So something, something is foul here. Something don't make sense. We need someone to organize. We need somebody who could organize and who's going to challenge the moderate wing of the Democratic Party when Elizabeth Warren is playing footsie with the moderate wing of the Democratic Party. Why is uh, the Working Families Party saying they voted for they, they chose Elizabeth Warren because Green New Deal, Medicare for all, affordable housing, when Bernie Sanders has been the OG, the OG on all of these things? Doesn't make sense to me. Then you have the fact that the Working Families Party, again, if it was a truly transparent and genuine process, and there's no funny business, if the Working Families Party decided to endorse Elizabeth Warren, then we could just chalk it up. All right, agree to disagree, but at least the process was honest. But as Jacobin Magazine points out, 
Another important question. Did the party's left of center membership, the same one that gave Bernie 87% four years ago, 87% of their members voted for Bernie Sanders as an endorsement in 2016, really sour on the ever popular left of center Sanders so dramatically? The working families party tally for Sanders was down 36, down to 36% in its announced weighted results. You're telling me 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, that Bernie Sanders went down 50% among the working, the members of the working family party. I don't know. As Jacobin points out, it's impossible to know given the process the party used to choose their candidate split evenly between the votes of tens of thousands of working families party members at a small board of several dozen people. The party announced that Warren drew just over 60% of the ranked choice vote, but refused to release the exact breakdown mem of member votes versus board votes as they did in 2015 when Sanders won. Why that's important is the, mem the, the board... The board's votes, I believe the board is uh, 80, I think the board was like 56 people. Those 56 people, their endorsements count for 50% of the overall vote. The remaining tens, uh, I believe thousands of people that are members of the Working Families Party, the remaining, um, what did they say? Tens of thousands of members of the Working Family Party also count for 50%. So 50 or so people on the board, their endorsement is weighted 50% and tens of thousands of working family members, working, working families party members are also weighted for 50%. So honestly, we don't know because they haven't released the vote tally. We don't know how many of their actual rank and file members voted for Elizabeth Warren versus Bernie Sanders. You would think if more of the rank and file members, not this board, and people on the board or, you know, people who are the activists or the leaders of the Working Family Party who put in a lot of the work, blah, 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 so their vote is weighted more. But why should 50-something members on a board, their weight should be 50%? Technically, if you want to do math, 50, 50 out of 50 of the board members could have gone for Warren, and the majority of the actual members could have gone for Bernie, yet... Because the, the majority of the board went for Warren, Working Families Party overall endorsement goes to Bernie Sanders. And it's not just a Working Families Party. We've seen unions do this, where the board uh, chose Hillary Clinton, but the members chose Bernie Sanders. Well, why is it that they won't reveal that? Maybe because the membership chose Bernie Sanders, but it was the board who swung it to Elizabeth Warren. The reason that they have give, given honestly sounds ridiculous to me. It just sounds like trying to cover up what the actual vote tallies were. The leadership's rationale for not re releasing the tally was incoherent, Jacobin said. For there to be one true vote and to maintain the nature of secret ballot, Maurice Mitchell said, all of that went into the back end. Since when did a secret ballot mean not having to disclose the results? What, what does that even mean? All of that went into the back end? So basically, they gave some cockamamie reason for not releasing the votes. Listen, maybe it is what they say it is. Maybe it is that, you know, for whatever reason, people had a change of heart, and the majority of people want Warren and not Bernie. I find that hard to believe. 
based on what I've seen across the country. But the fact that you won't just say, hey, X amount or let's say 60% of the membership voted for Bernie. But 50, you know, 40% of the board voted for Warren. Just be transparent. The fact that they're not being transparent leads me to believe they're trying to cover up the fact that their membership, rank and file, chose Bernie. The other reason I say this, and I'm totally transparent when, I, when I'm an expert on something, when I'm not, I am not an expert. I am not an expert on New York politics. But I do know people that know New York politics. And the Working Families Party is very big in New York and, it, and, and nationally. So I spoke with two people today about what's going on with this Working Families Party endorsement. Seems odd to me. They won't release the tallies. They're saying they chose Warren because they need, you need someone who's going to challenge the moderate wing of the party, which she's not challenging the moderate wing of the party. She's in bed with the moderate wing of the party. I was told by two people, well, they're broke, Jordan. The Working Families Party is broke. So them endorsing Warren, there will be money, there will be money in it for them because they'll start getting donations from Warren donors and establishment donors that are vo donating to Warren. Ah, uh, not an expert on the Working Families Party, but two people I spoke to that are very, very knowledgeable and involved with New York politics said to me straight up, Working Families Party is broke. So it would make sense to me if you throw your endorsement weight behind Elizabeth Warren, there might be money that trickles in as a result of that. The second thing is the Working Families Party endorsed Joe Crowley over Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The Working Families Party endorsed Governor Andrew Cuomo over Cynthia Nixon. So this isn't exactly a party that's capital P progressive in all aspects. Another reason that we need an actual progressive to take on Donald Trump is Donald Trump is very, very good at manipulating and moonwalking in and out of seeming like a populist champion. As General Motors and United Auto Workers workers strike, which is amazing, I wish I was there. We were there when they were laid off a couple months ago. No other national media was there. The White House is seeking to end the United Auto Workers strike against General Motors with an agreement that would reopen an assembly plant in Lordstown, Ohio, that General Motors shut down in March. The effort, described to Politico by two people close to the matter, would effectively put the White House on the side of the UAW. Some 48,000 GM workers went out on strike on Monday, demanding higher wages, more generous health care benefits, and more job security than management has been willing to offer in a new contract. If the effort is successful, it could boost the president's reelection chances next year in Michigan and Ohio, where his approval writing has been slipping since the two states helped him to victory in 2016. President Donald Trump has tried to woo blue collar workers, blah, 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 blah. So why this is important is Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania are going to decide the election once more. It's, it's very clear. I think Arizona could potentially be in play. I don't know. I think Iowa, if Bernie were the nominee, could be in play in the general election. I'm not, I'm not talking about the Iowa caucus. I'm talking about the general election. I think some red states could be in play if Bernie Sanders were the nominee, including Kentucky, which he almost won the primary there in 2016. But if you don't have a real populist, and Joe Biden is not a real populist, then what you're going to have is Donald Trump, probably the way it's looking now, Donald Trump 
billing himself as I'm the one who got General Motors to the uh, bargaining table. I'm the one who got the United Auto Workers wages up. I'm the one who got the health care benefits better. I'm the one who brought General Motors to the table. And I'm, I'm the one who saved those plants or brought back those plants. And in this political story, in this political story I just read to you, Donald Trump is talking and the White House is talking about trying to save or bring back the plant that they closed in Lordstown, Ohio. Lordstown, Ohio, where I was, in addition to Detroit and other places, interviewing UAW workers just a few months ago. As a reminder, the very plant that Donald Trump says that he's going to help bring back by fighting for UAW workers now, I was there a couple months ago. Here's part of that interview. But President Trump actually told people, I believe at a rally around here, you know, don't move. Your factory's good. I'm going to bring, I'm bringing back, don't sell your house, all those things. Um, I covered Trump on the campaign trail. I I thought it was a lot of uh, hoodwink, hoodwinking. But frankly, when you have areas like Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania that have just been decimated by free trade and this, they're open to somebody saying those things. Uh, Can you kind of talk about, not just Trump, but I mean, it's both parties. You have, on one hand, the Republicans have been union busting forever, but the Democrats, frankly, they, the Democratic Party of the last few years has not exactly done a lot to elevate labor unions, and they're all for retraining, retraining. Well, I spoke with some steel workers a couple years ago, said, my workers retrained. Unfortunately, there's no jobs. Uh, What is the role of Trump here? Uh, and what is the role uh, of the Democratic Party as well? Look, I, I, I've written Donald Trump two letters um, since I've been here in May, since May of last year, and I've got no response, not even like a general, we got your letter type of response. So uh, I, th- I think our current president, uh, his, his plan, right, is to win the 24-hour news cycle, and he's going to continue to win that. I think what America needs is a 10, 20, 50 hundred-year plan. We need people to get elected that are going to put a plan to, to, to this country and say, this is our strategy. This is what we're going to do and stick with it and have bipartisan support. I, is, I, again, is this another pie-in-the-sky type of dream? Can, can our politicians do that? Have they been um, bought off already uh, with, with you know, the big, big money from corporations. They say corporations are people now, too. They can give unlimited con- contributions to political donations. Well, then they should be good corporate citizens and have have some uh, a standard that they have to live by if they're going to make those contributions and be considered like that. So that was the head of the local UAW that I interviewed when I was in Lordstown. But when he did say, and by the way, I was able to go cover GM laying off 15,000 people because of you. But the reason, the reason that I wanted to show you that, he made, a, he made one point that was very, very correct. Donald Trump is interested in winning the 24-hour news cycle. Well, I got news for you. If Donald Trump is able, it does something for these UAW workers striking, which currently his White House seems to be getting involved. Currently, his White House is positioning themselves as possibly supporting the UAW workers, I think Donald Trump behind the scenes will have a wink wink with General Motors and its vulture capitalist CEO, Mary Barra, and say, listen, I'm going to publicly go and be for the workers, you know, give them a little bit, but then like, you know, we'll give you some more behind the scenes, backroom, tax cuts, deregulation, whatever you want, we'll give it to you. But you got to give some crumbs to the workers. I think that's what will actually happen because Donald Trump wants 
to win over those voters that are currently striking. And you want to know something? If Donald Trump does some does do something to help those auto workers that have been getting screwed by General Motors for decades, their pensions being cut, their health insurance benefits being cut, their wages being cut, their hours being cut. If Donald Trump does something to help them and the Democrats run Joe Biden against him, who takes money from union busters, who pushed NAFTA, who in 2016 was for the TPP and frankly still is, but is pretending not to be. Iceberg right ahead, if that's what they do. Iceberg right ahead. Because frankly, I've met people in the Midwest. They, they want to know, what have you done for me lately? And if Donald Trump is able to bill himself as a fighter for GM workers, as a fighter for UAW workers, as a fighter for the working man and woman of America, people who take a shower right after work, it's going to help him win Michigan. We're going to help him win back Wisconsin win Pennsylvania, win Ohio. So that's why you need a real populist to point out the reason that these workers have been screwed for years is because of people like Donald Trump and his policies that give giant wet kisses and sexual favors to companies like General Motors.